so grateful. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let's turn to Jude, please. And I'm going to dramatically shorten what I was going to say, uh, but I do need to. I do need to to say what I what God's laid in my heart to say. So, but it, it won't take long. So, it's good. It's good. You know, it's uh, you dare not teach on God when people are experiencing God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when God is being experienced, you know. As a pastor, you just need to shut up. <laughs> let, it, let it happen. I'm not even kidding. Because cause when God's moving, man, you just need to sit down, you know. So, yeah, amen. Praise God. And that's what happens, and that's good. So we want that. We want, we want, we want him, you know what I'm saying? And, so, and he flows through all of us, man. And, and uh, yeah, amen. Praise God. Learn, we learned that the hard way, right? <laughs> There's so much joy in this place, man. There's so much victory. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. But, uh, yes, amen. I'm, I need to pray. So, Lord, I just, um, help, me, help, me say, help me say what you want me to say today. And uh, I know you will, and, and I'm just acknowledging you, and I just thank you that you flow through me, and that you give clarity and purpose, and just, just, just pinpoint accuracy, Lord. And I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the, the primary thing that we do uh, as the church is we, we, we point people to Jesus, and um, that's the primary thing that we do, and that, that people will, will learn how to have their own relationship with God. You know, you don't want to have your relationship with God through the pastor. You don't even want to have your relationship with God through the church. You want to bring your own relationship with God to the church so that when you're coming, um, you know, you, you, you're bringing your own relationship with you, and uh, that's the purpose of the new covenant. The Bible says that, that all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. And none shall say to his neighbor, know the Lord. And, and so really what we do is we just gather together and we point to Jesus so that we can have our own relationship with God. Legalism frustrates maturity because it teaches people to be codependent on somebody else. And that's really not true maturity in the body of Christ. You don't need to be codependent. You need to be Christ-dependent. Um, but in an atmosphere of honor, we just honor each other and we allow God to flow. And so that's, that's the purpose of the kingdom and so primarily what we do is we point people to the real thing. Um, and, you know, if, in those that um, deal, you know, with counterfeit bills and things like that, you know, if you know the real thing, that it's easier to spot a counterfeit. I'm sure everybody's heard that before. But there's also New Testament scripture where it addresses things that are error. And, uh, you know, and, and we have to talk about those things because, uh, you know, the enemy uh, does his best work uh, through, through doctrines of the devil. And through error, and so you know, you, you have to, you have to, as you move forward and you reveal the genuine and the true and the real, you also have to kind of troubleshoot a little bit and make sure that you're uh, that you're just with truth, right? And that's New Testament, and they, it happens often in New Testament. So we spent the past two weeks talking about the way of Cain, and uh, I'm not going to go into that, and um, because we've already discussed it, I did the first one. Grant did the second one. It was excellent teaching. And then today we're going we're gonna to look at another aspect of error. Jude 1, 11, it says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward. And so what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk, talk about Balaam today and the heir of Balaam. And uh, it's something that has really infiltrated the church um, and really spoiled the church and hurt many people. And I dare say every person that's here today or watching online has experienced this. 
uh, to some degree because the enemy's really run rampant with this, and I'm basically just talking about greed. I'm talking about uh, you know pastors getting caught up in money and getting caught up in uh, trying to sell things that are free. Uh, you know, there's nothing that's for sale in the kingdom. Uh, it's all for free. Uh, you know, how in the world can you put a price tag? How can you add an additional price tag to what Jesus Christ paid for with His blood? Like, if Jesus paid it all, then then how foolish would I be to be a middleman in between the church and Jesus and try to marginalize what He did on the cross and say, "Hey, Jesus paid it all, but you got to pay me this in order to get this." And it's error, and uh, it, it has it has you know, just wreaked havoc in the church. Um, it, people have been tremendously hurt by it because uh, finances have been abused in the church. And it's something that's happened for a long time. And, uh, and, and see, when, when a pastor or leader abuses finances, um, it, it, doesn't, it, it, it hurts the people who've been taken from. But then it also hurts the, the church. And I'm not talking about church as in a local body. I'm talking about the church worldwide. It hurts the church down the road because people have been so hurt and been so taken from financially that they don't want to give any longer and support anything because they've been used and abused and trodden underfoot. And uh, so it, this, this, this uh, era of Balaam, uh, which is based in greed, it doesn't just rape the people of God, but it also rapes the kingdom and how the kingdom is going to advance in the future. And so we're going to look at it, and we're going to look at it in Scripture. And, um, you know, sadly enough, people... People know televangelists more about how big their house is or how, how much their dog costs or something like that, and then they know the true message of the gospel. And, uh, you know, and, 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 yeah, and man, as a minister, man, you want to be able to take care of your family. You want to walk in the blessing of the Lord. You want those things. But when things get, things get out of hand, when we start trying to sell the promises of God, and you can't do that. And so um, let's turn to Second Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to make this quick. It doesn't take long to nail this to the wall. Second um, Peter chapter two and in verse fifteen, it says, "Which have forsaken the right way are, and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of, of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness." So it's to my money once again. Ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward. Loved the wages of unrighteousness. Now turn to Numbers twenty-two. We're going to actually take a look at the account of Balaam and and see what what actually happened. Um, and why his name became synonymous with greed, you know, uh, you know. So there's a lot of typologies in Scripture, and so you know, Cain has become synonymous with a certain type of error, and then Balaam has become synonymous with a certain type of error. So it is actually called the way of Cain or the way of Balaam. And so, uh, so just a little background here: the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, they're trying to move into the Promised Land, and you know, they, they move neck to some people, and p- these people get really intimidated by Israel because they can tell that they're, they're, they're flourishing and they're prospering. And so they try to hire this guy named Balaam to curse the children of Israel uh, for the purpose of ultimately defeating them in battle. And, and so that's, that's kind of the background of the story. And with that, I'll pick it up in verse 1, Numbers chapter 22 and verse 1. It says, And the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab in the side of the Jordan across from Jericho. Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw also that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So this king's scared because he knows these people are blessed. 
and, he, and he's, he's frightened by him. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. And then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once, curse this people for me, for they are my, they're too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and whom you curse is cursed. And so, you know, the, you know Moab recognizes there's a blessing on these people. I've got to get these people cursed, uh, because there's something supernatural happening in the children of Israel's life, so I need to get something negative supernatural happening in the opposite direction. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the diviner's fee in their hand. They got money. So they're about to pay this guy who has a genuine prophetic gift to release a curse. Okay? This is prophecy for sale. Okay? Directly, it's prophecy for sale. Um, indirectly, you know, how many know people be trying to sell healing? Be trying to sell salvation? You know... For, for the past several hundred years, there's always been someone trying to rise up as a middleman between God and His church and try to sell things that are free. And, uh, if it, and the one time you really see Jesus angry is when they turned His house into a den of thieves rather than a house of prayer. Remember when Jesus made the whip and tossed the temple tables? It was in relation to greed where people were trying to sell things trying to merchandise and market the kingdom of God. And so, anyway, and so, but specifically, here they they got some money, and they're about to go pay this guy. And it came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak, and he said to them, Lodge here tonight, and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the prince of Moab stayed with Balaam. Then God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men who are with you? So Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent me, saying, Look, a people has come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, now here's, this is a man with a, a, a genuine prophetic gift, but, he's, but, he's used, but, but he got caught up in greed. And as a result of his being caught up in greed, uh, he fell from his primary purpose. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they're blessed. So Balaam arose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose and went, went to Balak and, and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak again sent princes. Oh, we need some more money is what we need. We've got we to really try to convince this guy. And then Balak again sent princes more numerous and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said, Thus, thus says Balak the son of Zippor, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will certainly honor you greatly. Cha-ching, cha-ching. I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come curse this people for me. Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord, my God, to, to do less or more. Now, therefore, please, you also stay here tonight that I may know him, what, what the Lord will say to me. So he's trying. He's like, let me try again. Maybe God will cut me some slack and, and, um, and I can go ahead and do this. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you, rise and go with him, but only the word which I speak to you, you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Boab. Now, this thing happens three different times, and each time Balaam opens his mouth, 
uh, to curse God's people, blessing flows out. Because, and this is something I want you to just kind of take into your heart in this moment, you can't curse what God has blessed. You can't curse what God has blessed. You cannot curse what God has blessed. The blessing of the Lord is greater than any curse. Amen. And so he tries three times, and he never successfully curses the children of Israel. So, so what he does is, and we see in, in other chapters of the Bible and other places in the Bible, he actually finds a loophole and he finds a way to do it. And the way was he, he brought a stumbling block before the children of Israel, and he calls them to break their covenant with God. See, the reason they couldn't be cursed is they had a covenant. And as long as that covenant was honored, then the blessing w- remained. And the way he got them to break it was he calls them to sacrifice, to calls them to stop making their sacrifices to, to the Lord Jehovah and start making their sacrifices to other gods. And then they also started, um, they started sleeping with, with all, they, there's all kinds of sexual immorality that was happening. But, but the, the, the key issue here is they stopped honoring their covenant. They stopped making those sacrifices. Now, once again, is God just after blood? No, God's looking to honor Jesus. You have to understand something. In the Old Covenant, every sacrifice, every drop of blood that hit the ground was pointing to the Lamb of God, was pointing to Jesus. And so when they did that and they forsook their covenant, then the curse came. But God held Balaam accountable. And if you look, God got pretty upset at Balaam. He, got so, he, actually, he actually sent an angel to destroy Balaam. And this is that part uh, in Scripture where it says the donkey, God actually opened the mouth of the donkey to, to rebuke the prophet and forbid the madness of the prophet. And because the donkey would not continue to go because the donkey saw the angel, and then the prophet kept beating the donkey like, what's wrong with you? And, and finally God opened the mouth of the donkey, and the donkey was like, look, have I not been good to you, you know, all the days of my life, da-da-da? There's something over here that's going to kill you. And so we see that the donkey actually corrects the prophet. How I many you know that um, sometimes God will use something to help deliver you from your pride? Yes. Pride deliverance is a continual operation in the kingdom. Amen. Because God doesn't want anything to hinder us from receiving grace. Pride is the only thing that frustrates grace. And so um, he never successfully does it. Now turn to Revelations and we'll take a look at the exposition of how Balaam brought a stumbling block to the children of Israel. And I'm going to go quickly once again because um, for time's sake. But Revelations chapter 2 and verse 14, he says, But I have a few things against you because you, ha- you, you has there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. So this is a type of teaching. This isn't just a way. This is a type of teaching. Who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. And so, basically what Balaam, he recognized he couldn't curse them, and so what he did was he got them to forsake their covenant and to start going after other gods. And a part of going after other gods during that time period was you, you ate the things that were sacrificed to those gods, you sacrificed those gods, and you slept with the temple prostitutes. So it wasn't, it wasn't just serving another god, there was also a tremendous amount of immorality uh, that was happening at the same time. So, once again, that's, that's the, the doctrine of Balaam. And it is, and let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And so, this type of teaching, this type of influence, has definitely infiltrated the church. Um, and it's where you're trying to buy something that's free. 
And, um, and it's just straight facts, man. And, and you, you, can't, you can't sell something that Jesus paid for with his blood. Amen? You just can't. How many know healing can't, can't be bought? I need an amen, you know? How many, how many know the anointing can't be bought? Like, you can't buy the anointing. You can't buy somebody's anointing. You know, I mean, I mean, you take a step further. It ain't nobody's anointing. It's Jesus Christ's anointing. Now, there are different gifts and different callings, but it's the Spirit of God. And, and I'm very hesitant to embrace anything that exalts an individual. Like, I, I, I've not come to the kingdom to worship a man. I've not come to the kingdom to worship a woman. I've not come to the kingdom to worship a church. I've not come to the kingdom to worship anybody but Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one that deserves to be worshipped, and he's also the only one that can handle it. And so anytime there, and what's happened in times past is we've seen someone flowing a gift, and that gift was pure initially, but then eventually they got caught up in greed and the love of money. And then next thing you know, they're, they're, they're starting to, to, to produce transactions for the gift, which is exactly what Balaam did. He was trying to sell prophecy. He had a desire to, the, 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 way, the unrighteous wages, the way of Balaam. And, um, it just, it just, and, and, it, and it is the one thing that we're, we really see Jesus get mad. I mean, there was another time Jesus got mad when he looked around at the hardness of the Pharisees and Sadducees because they, they, didn't want the, you know, they didn't want him to heal on the Sabbath. But I would dare say the most angry I see Jesus in Scripture is when he's correcting this issue. I mean, he makes a whip. Like, he didn't go buy one. He made one. It took him a while. He sat down and said, I'm not, I'm not mad in like a short-term fashion. I'm mad in like a long-term fashion. Like, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to fashion this whip. Yes. And he goes into the temple, and he, he tosses the temple tables. He cracks the whip. Oh, man. Because God's people were being spoiled. And the blood and the sacrifice was being dishonored. And the temple had to be cleansed before he was going to return. There was two cleansings. And, and uh, this, this, this style, this type of teaching has been rampant for years. And I do think the body of Christ is moving away from it because people have been so hurt by it. And here's the bottom line. It don't work. You, you can't buy something from God. Now, can you, can you give into a ministry? Yes. Can you be led by the Spirit? Yes. Can you sow seed? Yes. But there's a difference between a gift and a bribe. Like, if I'm, if I'm trying to give something to make God do something, I'm, I've left grace, and I'm in a transaction, and I'm actually not in a place where I'm looking at God more as an employer than I am as a father. Listen, you can't bring God in debt to you. You can't bring God in debt to you with your good deeds. You can't bring God in debt to you with your giving. God owes you and me nothing. But he will give you everything for free through Jesus. And that's the key element. See, in the kingdom, it's God said, I'm going to bless you first for free. And then out of that place of blessing, you become a blessing to other people. 
And you let that blessing flow, and you let the love of God flow, and you let the Spirit of God lead you and guide you. But you must know that everything that's come to you was not paid for by dollar bills. Everything that has come to you was paid for by the blood of God's Son. And so anytime anyone tries to sell you anything in the kingdom, run. (laughs) Just flat out run. It's not for sale, man. It's not for sale. Okay, I'm pretty passionate about this, so praise God. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. When money is your God, money is an awful God. It is, man. It's an awful God. It's it's not the God. Amen. God says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Money's there to serve you. It's there to to, to help people and to bless people and to advance the kingdom. But it must be subservient to Jesus Christ. And when, when money takes center stage, awful things happen. When money becomes number one. And it says, they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Now, as I'm preaching this, I am not against anyone who's caught up in this doctrine and this deception. It's very important to understand this. There is no flesh and blood person on this planet that is your enemy. You may have been in a church where they, where they guilted you into giving and condemned you into giving and, and forced you into giving and shamed you into giving. The person that did that, they're not your enemy. I would encourage you to forgive them for your sake and for theirs and to love them and to bless them and to pray for them because the enemy is the devil. The enemy is not people. Amen. But you can't pull back when you expose the doctrines of, the de- of devils. You've got you to you call spade a spade and you've got to call it out because it's evil and it hurts people and it destroys people. And a part of being a Christian is hating evil. And that's unfortunately become unpopular in the Grace Reformation. You know, everything's okay, everything's good. No, evil's evil. I hate evil. One of the things, I, 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 I leave my family a confession every night before we go to bed. And one of the things that I have my, my, my children confess is that, that, we, that we love the Spirit of God, but we hate the Spirit of this world. We hate evil. doesn't mean we hate people. We love people, but we hate the evil. And, and you that love the Lord hate evil. Amen? Evil's evil, man. And it's evil and it needs to be hated. <laughs> and, and we live in a world where people kind of feel like, well, if you don't agree with what I'm doing, then you don't love me. You know what I'm saying? It's just awful. It's not true. That's such a twist and it's not genuine love. Um, you, you, can, you can disagree with someone's behavior and still love them. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, and, and this concept of political correctness is a vice. It, it, it's, a, it's a trap. It's trying to control people's behavior. And uh, no, no, man, it, when you take a stand for truth, uh, you're going to rock the boat, and, uh, and, you ha- and it's a, it, a part of your existence is to condemn evil. Once again, you don't condemn people. Can I get an Amen. You don't, you, don't condemn, you don't condemn any human being, okay? Because everybody is invited to the table, amen? And, and I don't care what type of sin they've got involved in, the cross is greater. 
cross is greater than any sin of any person that has ever been. So everyone has the ability to be delivered, but we have to make sure that we call spade a spade in the kingdom. We have to, we have to say things for what they are. And the gospel does not change that. In fact, the gospel is what empowers people to get set free. But, and so, no, because here's the thing. You know what? I used to preach this garbage. I did. Like, I preached it. Like, I didn't preach it like, like some people preach it, but I still preached it. I used to preach if you didn't, if you didn't tithe, you're going to be cursed. I preached it for years. Why? Because that's what I was taught was true. You know? Um, uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll just hit that here for just a moment. You know, Jesus became a curse to redeem you from the curse. Okay, good name, man. Do you think he did a good job? Does he need your 10% to complete that work? He doesn't. He does not. No, 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 no. You're, now, I, I tithe. I feel led to tithe. I set aside my tithe. I do with it what God tells me to do. I have a revelation of that. Other people, they, they get really offended at 10%. They're okay with 9. They're okay with 11, not 10. <laughs> because of how much they've been hurt. Okay? And, it's, and, and that's okay. You do what God leads you to do. What you give is between you and God, and it ain't nobody else's business. And, and when it's unctioned by the Lord, uh, there, there's love in it, and there's strength in it, and there's power in it. But if I threaten you with a curse and make you give so God won't kill you? Like, what in the world kind of teaching is that? And look, I know Malachi chapter 3 is there, and I know it's there. But you know what? It's an old covenant. And Jesus fulfilled that covenant, and he became a curse to redeem you from the curse so that the blessing of Abraham would come upon your life. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are blessed, regardless of how much money you give. You're blessed because of Jesus. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And don't let anybody try to talk you into a curse. Because the challenge is, is if you believe that you're cursed, then you might experience some of it. Not, not, and not, not that you are literally cursed, but how many know what you believe is going to meet you halfway? You know, and so, and so people have taught it so much. This curse, 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 curse. You're cursed if you don't give. You're cursed if you don't give 10%. You're cursed if you don't give first fruits. You're cursed if you don't do this. You're cursed if you don't do that. So give me all your money so I can live wonderful. That smells bad to me. Does that sound like Balaam? Sounds like Balaam. Mm-mm. I ain't tolerating that, man. There's no place for that in the kingdom of God. No, no, no. It's all for free through Jesus Christ. Will God lead you to give? Yes. Will God lead you to honor and give into ministries that, that bless you? Yes. But God must be the one who's leading you. No, not another person threatening you with a curse or compelling you. Now, I could spend a lot of time really teaching on that, but I can't. So I'm just going to have to say it and just let it, let it ride. Because we're not really addressing that. We're addressing something else. Um, so let's read 1 Timothy chapter 6 in context. Let's give it a little bit more context. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6, it says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these things we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many Foolish and harmful lush, which drown men in destruction and perdition. That does not sound like a good time to me. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 
You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with someone, somebody being blessed and, and, you know, and having things. And I'm, I'm not against that. But I'm, I'm talking about when someone's trying to put a price tag on what Jesus paid for. Okay, God heals you. You know why God heals you? Because he loves you. You know why God protects your family? Because he loves you. Amen. You know why God blesses you financially? Because he loves you. It's all, beca- it's all because of Jesus. Amen. And, and, and the enemy for couple thousand years have always been trying to bring a middleman in between the people of God and God himself. And uh, I mean, you can see it. It's always been there. You know, there was a time in, you know, in, the, in, in Catholicism where they thought they could buy salvation. What's the little trite saying? When a coin hits the something, soul something, come on guys, ain't nobody know. Y'all too redeemed for that. They had, they had this thing where they would sell sin indulgences. Yeah. Well, they would, sell, they would sell sin indulgences, and then they would sell salvation. <coughs> they could tell, you know, hey, your, your, your dude's going to hell because he lived an awful life, but if you give me enough money, we'll spring him out. Yeah, purgatory. But there's a name for it. There's a little, yeah, it's something like that. It's, it's when, the, when the coin hits, I don't know, I can't, I'm not going to try it. But, amen. But bottom line, this has been happening for a long time, okay? And... Yeah, well said, well said. Yeah, very well said. Well said, very well said. And so, what we want to do, now, this is what we want to do. We, we want to stay, we don't, we, we don't want to be involved in any of this, but we also want to recognize, <clears throat> how many know under the Old Covenant, there wasn't salvation for Balaam? How many know the Old Covenant, you messed up, you're pretty much done? Amen. It's true, I mean, that's just how it was. You broke them all. That's right. But how many know under the new covenant, Balaam can, can get redeemed? Can I get an amen? How many know under the new covenant, someone who's fallen into the way of Cain can come out? Under the new covenant, someone who's fallen into the way of Balaam can come out. So don't make yourself the enemy of these people. Love them and pray for them because they're, they're being hurt uh, just like the people that they're hurting. How many know victimizers are victims as well? You know what I'm saying? And so I just, I want to, I want to, as we have such a passion against this error, let's make sure that we don't demonize the people in the process because these people need help and they need to be set free. Now, at the end of the day, what they do is between them and God. To their own master, they stand or fall. But as for me and my house, I'm going to pray for these people and I'm not going to slander them and I'm not going to count myself their enemy. I'm going to pray for them and love them, but I'm also going to expose this error. Amen. Okay, let's turn to Acts chapter 8, and we're, we're wrapping up here, but I just want to show you another example here. Well, yeah, let's go there real quick. Acts chapter 8, verse 18, somebody tries to buy the Holy Ghost in, in, uh, in, in the book of Acts, and, um, and, it's just, and it doesn't go over well. <laughs> Acts 8 and verse 18, and this guy, he was a, this guy was a, sorcerer, his name was Simon, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Now I want to show you, thank God Peter valued God above money. Had he not valued God above money, he would have taken the money which was a bribe, 
And, and, and how many you know, when you exalt money above God, it does bad things to your heart. It says it pierces you through with many sorrows. But Peter wasn't stupid, and he knew better. How many you know God wants you to seek Him? And how many you know God also wants to take care of your needs? Can I get an amen? God wants to take care of you. You don't have to be dishonest to, to prosper. You don't have to be dishonest to, to move forward in the kingdom. If you'll put God first, God will take care of everything else. Now, there'll be times in your life when it looks like your last place. <clears throat> there'll be times in your life when it looks a lot of different ways. But, it, but if you'll continue to honor the Lord, God will take care of everything else. And so Peter didn't fall into this trap. He didn't say, hey, I got a side business on the side. We're going to sell the Holy Ghost. But, like, it was presented to him, though. Like, it was presented. It was like an option, you know? Because this guy's like, bro, we can make all kinds of money. If you can just tell, tell me how to do this, we'll be selling this thing left and right. How many of the enemy's always trying to merchandise the kingdom? And, and it's an attractive deception. I think there's two primary things that people fall for, money and sex. And, and, and I think that the enemy, what he does is he, he takes people who maybe come out of poverty and not had anything or whatever, and then he starts offering them money. And then slowly they start taking that money. And then slowly they start to move away from the kingdom. And then they start having more money. And they get exalted. And they get, you know, the power of this world. And they start thinking they're awesome and thinking they're amazing. And then slowly they start to exalt themselves. And we don't talk about Jesus anymore. We just talk about how you need to give me money so you can have what I have. Jesus gets relegated to the back corner. And then the individual gets exalted because they are the anointed one. They are the gifted one. You give to me. And, and Jesus is mentioned as a side note in the notes. And it's all about the individual. I would encourage you to, to look skeptically at anything that exalts the individual. Anything. Anything. Yes, God has amazing gifts that he gives to people. Yes, God has wonderful gifts that he gives. But the purpose of a gift, the purpose of an of of an anointing, or whatever you want to call it. Everything that we have is to point to Jesus Christ. Everything. Everything. And that's why the, the gospel of grace, the gospel of peace, is so important because we make it about Him and not about anybody else. And we keep it that way. Because it's only safe when it's like that. And, and uh, awful things happen when we remove Jesus from center stage. He's got he's to stay in the, in the very center of everything that goes on. Because if not, it gets dangerous. You know, if you turn all the lights out in the room and you have one candle in the middle of the room, how many know darkness will be chased to the corners of the room? But if we take the light and we put it in the corner, how many know darkness starts to invade? And then if we take the light and we remove it from the building, you don't have anything but darkness in the building. And there are people who are in buildings filled with darkness because of this error. The error of Balaam and the error of Cain. And uh, we take a stand against it, man. And we call a spade a spade and we call it for what it is. Once again, there's deliverance for these people if they want help. you know. Uh, but you have to admit that you're wrong. And you have to lay down your pride. And people aren't real good at that. But circumstances will help you get to that place. Amen. So let me, let's continue to read here. It's just an amazing account here. When Simon saw, I'm going to read again. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Peter does not play with this. I love this. Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. 
I'm going to say that about everything in the kingdom. Healing, financial provision, protection, relational wisdom. It can't be purchased with money, man. It cannot. It's for free. Everybody say it for free. And here's the challenge in our society. We struggle with free. Because everything in our world that's free, there's a catch. Everything. Everything. When someone calls you, hey, I got a free vacation for you, you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, right. But yet, our, in our kingdom, it actually is free. But, but there's so much abuse of free in the world that people would rather earn a promise than receive it for free. People would rather earn the anointing than receive it for free. Yeah, man. We like it. Our flesh likes it. I can remember a time I fasted for 21 days. I drove down to Nashville and I went to a Benny Hinn meeting. Because <laughs> I'm going to get that anointing that's on that man's life. You know what I'm saying? And, and now here, I'm an earnest soul. I'm young in the Lord. I just want God. And so I wait in line, right? And I'm not, nothing to, I'm not trying to downplay Benny Hinn. I'm just talking about my own experience. I wait in line for a long time. I get in, right? And I'm in there, and then it's cool. You know, I'm like, man, he's going to lay hands on me. He's going to pray for me. How I many you know my attention and focus isn't on Jesus Christ? That's all about Benny Hinn. I need Benny's hands on me. You know what I'm saying? And so now I want it so bad that we break for lunch. But I decide I'm not leaving. I'm going to hide. Because <laughs> I want front row. And I can't get front row unless I hide. This is a really funny story. And so, where can I hide? Like, they have security guards and stuff. It's a massive building. So I decide, I'm just going to use the bathroom for a long time. And maybe they'll just leave me alone. So I go to the back. I sit on the toilet. It's all for the Lord. And I'm just going to sit here. And hopefully, and so I sit there for 45 minutes, hour, hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. I'm about to learn something about sitting on the toilet for that long, too. I... Praise God. About to get all kinds of wisdom. And then all of a sudden, here comes a dude in there to clean the bathroom, right? And I'm like, oh, crap, this dude. And so, like, I, lift my, I try to lift my legs up. You know? <laughs> he mops the whole thing. Doesn't mess with me. He probably just thinks I'm some crazy, nutty Christian. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, he leaves. And so now, all of a sudden, I start hearing people out front because people are lining up again, right? So I try to get up off the toilet nothing. My legs have fallen completely asleep. I have no feeling in my legs, no feeling in my feet. I can't even walk. It's not like, we're at a Benny Hinn conference. I'm trying to get front row. I can't even get off the toilet. So they're going to find me laid out in the toilet. Thank, thank. And then everyone else is going to get in and I'm going to get the last seat. So finally, I'm like massaging my legs. I'm like trying to get blood flowing back in. So I'm finally, I'm ready, right? So I'm getting ready. So now I realize there's a problem because if they let people in before I step out, then I am going to be last. And so, and so I'm like waiting and I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. I mean, oh, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is crazy. But how uh, I mean, you know, everything I need is in here because God put it there. Now, Thank God for leaders. Thank God for people we can receive from. How many know in the body of Christ we minister to each other? But never glorify a person. They just, they're not, they're just people. 
That's all. With gifts. With gifts. Thank God for the gifts. We, we honor them, but we should honor, we should honor everyone. Not just the person behind the pulpit. And so then, all of a sudden, I hear people coming down the hallway, and I jump out. And then there's one of the, the, the security people, and they look, we lock eyes. And I look at them, and they look at me, and then I just take off, and they leave me alone. And I go all the way down to the front. Got the front, got hands, eventually got up on stage, got hands laid on me. It was cool. I mean, it was a cool experience. But at the end of the day, I was just hungry and silly. And I could have stayed home and had everything I needed from Jesus. Amen. But I got a funny story, right? And, 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 and I did that not once. I did that many times. I, you know, pursued after people. And um, what's that? No, no, I never did that again. That was a one-time thing. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. That's, that, that toilet guy's in there again, man. Should we kick him out? Nah, he's, it's sad, man. Just let him do his thing. <laughs> Just pray for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But how many of y'all chased after an anointing you already had? And chased after a gifting you already had? You know what I'm saying? You already got it. And, and, and I'm not, let me balance this out a little bit. I, I still go to meetings. I still receive from people. I'm still grateful. Go to ministers' meetings. I love it when I can sit down and receive. I'm not, I'm not anti-receiving. But I am anti-deifying a human being over their gift. And I'm also anti-paying a price for something that's free. Amen? And, uh, you know, don't be buying anointing oil and pieces of the cross from Jerusalem. And, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, just encourage you. Jesus is enough, man. Jesus is enough. Amen? Amen. Jesus is enough. And, and, and there's a time when, you know, and so I'm, I, I, I want to be careful. Being on the other side of this, I want to be careful not to, to mock someone who's still there. You know, because there are earnest people who just want God. I was just a young man who just wanted the Lord. And, and that's why I did what I did. And, and I believe that there are times and seasons of growing but at the end of the day, I can't get any more of Jesus than I already have. Amen? And, and don't, don't try to purchase something that's free. Amen? And so, man, and so, you know, Peter's not done. He's still, he's still, he's not done pulling punches. He says, your money <clears throat> perish with you because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Now, how many know the only thing the dude had to say was, hey, can I get the Holy Ghost? Amen. Not, can I buy the Holy Ghost, but can I just get the Holy Ghost? And they would have been like, yeah, man, come on, let's go. We'll lay hands on you. But <clears throat> once again, they're trying to turn it into a, a marketing scheme and a money scheme. Final place we go, Matthew 21. And this is where Jesus actually... Toss the temple tables. And uh, we've talked about it, but I just want to read it real quick. Matthew 21 and verse 12. It says, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. <clears throat> and when he says a house of prayer, he's just talking about relationship. He's talking about fellowship. Um, 
And so we, we have to, we, we want to we guard against that, you know. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's just, man, it's all yours. Amen. All of it's yours. Enjoy it. See, when I receive something, when I freely receive something from the Lord, it's easier for me to joyfully give it. You follow me? Freely we have received, freely we give. But, but if, I go into, if I go into thinking that I've earned something, you know, see, we have to be careful because, like, the gift that I currently have, okay, I, I didn't earn it, I didn't deserve it, I was a drug addict, alcoholic, atheist, and God just gave me a gift, not to exalt me, but to serve people with. And to exalt him. I didn't fast for it. I didn't pray for it. I was not a part of the equation. And you don't owe him anything for it. Well said. Well said. See, when it's in a place of freedom, like, I'm just thankful. I'm just happy I'm saved. You know, I'm just thankful. And so now, when I minister what's been given to me, there's no strings attached. Freely I have received, freely I give. And what ends up happening is, rather than church being a transaction, and rather than, than church being uh, you know, some simple business transaction, it becomes this place of joy where I get to give you what I receive from the Lord, and we all get to give to each other and bless each other, and it becomes this beautiful thing rather than this transactional thing. What would you say? It becomes relational. It becomes relational. I like relationship. I hate t- transaction type stuff. You know, here recently we we uh, we got my mother doesn't use her hot tub and she gave us her hot tub and so we've been trying to get it running and stuff and it's like you know it's like twenty years old and so we got to replace this we got to replace that we got to replace this so then we had to get the the motor fixed on it right so we take this thing up and they're going to work on the motor and the dude just totally just tries to just own me. Like, he's like, oh, it's going to be this amount just to look at it, and it's going to be this amount to do that. And how, how many of y'all can smell BS? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, 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 you know, I'm like, I'm like, I see you, man. And, 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 and what it, <laughs> I don't like that because it's insulting. And not only that, see, I, I, I'll be in relation. I'm the type of person, I'm, 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 I'm faithful. Like, I'll be back. If we can develop a relationship. But you're trying to turn what could be a relationship into a transaction. And he did. He turned it into a transaction. That's okay. But you know what? I'll never be back for any way. Because I, I, I value another human being over just an exchange of money. And, and ministry at large has turned into transaction rather than relationship. And, and, and I'm not against people that, like, you know, they sell their books or sell their sermons or, or any of these things. Man, people have to run a ministry. They need, to, they need to feed their families. They need to, there are things that need to happen. I'm not being critical towards that. But what I am being critical towards is when people are trying to sell things that God made free. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And so we take a stand against the way of Balaam, and we call it out for what it is. Amen. I just want to, I want to pray over that here. Does anybody have anything they want to share in closing? Please. Can I, can I throw you a mic so that people, I mean, you project, but still, you're like me. Turn it on.
Turn it on, pretty please. No, it's not. Just want people to hear what you have to say. Hello. Okay. Yeah. So, like what you were saying, like we've had a lot of beautiful people come and minister here and have amazing gifts, you know. And something that was two weeks ago, I was like, you know, your gift is beautiful. I love your gift, but I want to know you. Come on. Same with you, Jeremiah. Same with yeah. Stacy. We didn't get to know each other back in the day. Yeah. We just were transactional gifts. Oh, That's right. She's anointed to preach. She has a prophetic thing on her. So I'm going to put her in a ministry mm-hmm. so we can get more money, right? Sure. And that, you know, that really did a lot of damage for me. Sure. But Balaam could have come and said, hey, I want to have a relationship with you and I want to learn. Come on. Right? I want to know what you know. And then Peter could have said, well, I know Jesus. Yeah. And he's the one who, who empowers me, and he's the one who flows through me as a conduit. And so, like you were saying, though, and I think it's important for the church to bring back, because we've been abused by the money thing, to say, you know, I love your gift. You have a gift to preach, and it blesses me. Mm-hmm. But I want to know you. I want to know the real Jeremiah that I didn't get to know maybe yeah. 10, 20 years ago. That's and that's, you know, same for everyone in here. You yeah. may be gifted, and, but I want to know you. Yeah. You know, I want to know what you're passionate about. I want to know, I don't know, just, I, I don't know, I felt like I should no, share it's that. No, good. We, we want to value people for more than just right. what they can do for Right, us. not just a transaction for your gift, yes. you know, yes. with my gift. We'll just exchange, and I'll go up there, and I'll sing, yeah. and I'll preach. Well, that's fine. I would love to do that if I know you, and it's I good. know your heart, because then I can trust you. Yes. And then I can trust you're not going to manipulate my gift. Come Right? Or, or use me for yes. my gift only. Because if I know you, then we have created what we call in counseling rapport. Yeah. You know, now I trust you, and because I can trust you, then I know if I get up here and something needs to be adjusted, you're not just using me, then we can talk and we can Good. dialogue. Because, you know, it's not a monologue, yes. right? It's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a spirit-to-spirit, heart-to-heart connection. And if we have that, yeah. then we have a church and a ministry that's powerful because yeah. we want to know people. We yeah. don't want just their money. Yeah. We just want them just to be in children's church, to change diapers. Yeah. You know, I want to know you. Yeah. Anyways, that's, no, it's good. that's all. No, it's excellent. I'll take it. Okay, yeah. anybody else, please? You got to be able to catch in this. If you want to share, you got to be able to catch in this church. <laughs> he said, oh, He's going to throw the Star Wars guy <laughs> something to catch, and he really can't. Anyways, athletically can't. challenged. You, you did great. Um, I want to talk to worship leaders yeah. and, and music ministers and people yeah. who, because they get exploited all the time. More than, I would say more than any more other More than group. any, honestly, well, not, to, not to elevate us above anyone, but sure. our gift is very visible. Yeah. And I've experienced that first time, a first hand, where yeah. my gift was used, but the pastor didn't have relationship with me. Yeah. Like, it was, I wasn't invited over to his house to hang out. Yeah. It was all about what I could do on a Sunday morning. Come on. Thank God that's not the case here. Yeah. At all. Yeah. But I want to speak to you, uh, you know, if worship leader, music minister, if you're a part of a church and you don't have a relationship with your leadership, I mean a friendship with them, where you know one another, you need to go somewhere else. Mm. Because that's not what God has for you. Mm -hmm. you, Because that spirit is not just buying, buying, it also exploits others. Yes, that's good. Good. It, 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 It exploits people for, you know, 
for gain. Uh, for, for gain, whatever gain that may be. If yeah. it's if it's to clean the church, if it's to take care of the grounds, if it's yeah. to usher, if it's to do, you know, the the, the thing is, is, is anything, I mean, this is what the Lord spoke to me. Mm-hmm. He does nothing in his kingdom outside of relationship. Yeah. Good, man. If it's outside of a relationship, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. It's the truth, man. And it just gets this action, this transaction. Yeah. And there's no knowing. It's like, good. No, right? Yes. I just have to no, that's good, man. It's really good. It's good. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else? Michael? Got something? Yeah, no, please. I, he doesn't want to want me to. I can tell by the look on his face. <laughs> um, the thing that, you know, we we've had ten years after that experience in that church to kind of ponder all this stuff. And the thing that that continues to go through me is is um, where's our focus at? You know, in that in a place where. Um, you're elevating a gift, mm-hmm. right? It's there's this climb to the top. Everybody's trying to climb to the top. Yes. The disciples did the same thing, right? Yeah. And they said, "Who who's going to be the greatest? You know, who's going to be seated yeah. next to you, right?" Yeah. And and um, you know, Jesus continually focuses us back on serving one another. That's good, right? And yeah. you know, we want to say the anointing is, you know, I mean, the anointing is great. Yeah. It's really important, right? But yeah. I think love. Yeah is the most important thing. Yes, I agree, man. Right? And love at its most purest form is laying our life down for one another. Well said, man. Right? And so, um, you know, really it should be this competition for who can, you know, how can we lay our life down more for the other? How can we serve each other? How can we serve each other? Yeah, right? it is, man. It is. It's and, good. Um, and when we, if we can embrace that, that you know, this whole greed piece, it's, it's the opposite. That's right. Greed and laying your life down are yeah. exact opposites. Well said, man. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's um, you know, we've taught it. You know, I mean, it's it's natural for mankind to pursue better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in the way of the world, it's it's higher, mm-hmm. it's more influence, it's more all these things. It's it's natural to us, right? Mm-hmm. The way of the kingdom mm-hmm. is lower. That's right. It's serving. That's right. That's right. And Jesus continually tried to get us to think about that. That's yeah. why he washed their feet. That's yes. why he laid his life down for them, right? Come on, man. And, that's, and, and the kingdom's got really confused on this topic. I agree. I agree. It's got really confused, right? The gifts of the Spirit came out, and we've really gotten, and they're, they're important, right? Yes. God's wanted to restore the gifts, Yeah. right? Gifts of healing, gifts of teaching, and all these things. He's wanted to restore this to the church, right? Mm-hmm. But we've forgotten the primary thing. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and so grace has helped us yeah. to realize it's all paid for by Jesus, yeah. and, and love is the the thing that is um, that's what we're called to. So it's good, man. That's a good word. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, man. Praise God. Amen. So good. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Amen. Well, Lord, we uh, we wanted we want to do it right. And so we humble ourselves and submit ourselves to you. And Lord, even as we stand here today, we know we don't understand it all. We know we're still learning. And that, but we present ourselves 
and humble ourselves and say, Lord, teach us. Teach us how to do it the way you want it to where coming together is a family and uh, we love each other and we help each other. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for that and thank you that you continue to do that. Lord, anybody watching this that has been abused by the spirit of Balaam, Lord, I, I just, uh, I lift them up and just, I just thank you that you comfort them and you strengthen them and let them know that they're not crazy for seeing behind the veil and seeing all this stuff. I know when you see it, you kind of feel like you're crazy a little bit. But Lord, I just thank you that you just encourage them and strengthen them and and comfort them and let them know, yes, there is a counterfeit, but there's also a real. And Lord, that you're not on the take, you're on the give. You're not looking to take or use people, Lord. You're, you're looking to love and to help people and empower people to serve each other. And uh, Lord, we thank you for that. And, and we... Uh, we just thank you that the people that are wrapped up in it, that they, they, would, they would get set free from it. And I thank you that you heal all the wounds that it caused. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Matthew chapter 10, and I'll just read this to you. Uh, but I talked about this earlier. But it says, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, and make sure you charge a significant amount. <laughs> freely, freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts nor bag for your journey, nor even two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff, for a worker is worthy of his food. And what does that mean? That means that you give and love and God will take care of your needs. Amen. So with that, if you need to give out this morning, we'll get one to you. If you guys want to give online, it's gracepointgeorgetown.com. Amen. <laughs> I'm restraining myself from cracking bad jokes. Praise God. <laughs> Got all kinds of bad jokes. <laughs> no, they're... they're uh, everyone, the, da the dad anointing kicks in, you know. <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's going to talk about some kind of... I'm not even going to... I'm going to be a good boy. Amen. Lord, we ask you to bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, praise God. Thank you, guys. That was really good. And thank you, guys, for your participation because we all work together to get that done. So um, we have a worship night, October 2nd. It'll be 7 o'clock, and uh, we're, it's going to be right out here.